Hello everybody. Um, I'm just back from our hunting trip. Uh, we went to Kansas and then to uh, Missouri and it was really good. Um, ended up harvesting a couple of animals and it was it was awesome. It was very cold in Missouri. Uh, we ended up hunting in a little bit of snow. Uh, it was it ended up getting very cold in Kansas as well because the wind blows so hard but uh, we had a good time uh, uh, doing a little bit of hunting while we were we were gone. But now we're back, and I'm back in the office. Um, we uh, Susan and I just got through uh, seeing the movie uh, Harriet, and uh, it was very good. It's about a true story about a woman that led uh, people out of slavery uh, back in the Civil War days, and uh, it was it was timely. And it was also very good. I encourage you to go see it. It shows you that God can use anybody. And uh, if there's anything that we need to save people out of is is slavery, uh, main, mainly religious slavery. Um, the more and more I kind of walk in this thing, uh, the more I see that, uh, you know, a lot of the griping, complaining, um, the accusations that go on, uh, the tail bearings, I get calls, you know, uh, complaining about so-and-so and complaining about this. And uh, honestly, uh, there's times where I just say, we need to grow up. Um, that stuff doesn't matter uh, a hill of beans uh, as far as the kingdom is concerned. And uh, we need to focus more on his will instead of the will of the enemy. And uh, anytime you're focusing on who's talking who, you've already... Uh, taking the bait of the accuser of the brethren. You're starting to focus more on his ways instead of the Lord's ways, but we're getting there. And uh, I've had a lot of temptations, you know, to, to listen to the enemy, I don't know how many times, but uh, I, I try to resist listening to it because uh, there's no fruit in it. And what I mean by fruit is that uh, there's no God in it. There's no peace, there's no love. And uh, we've got to have that more than we do accusations and uh, tail bearing. And uh, I wanted to keep going uh, concerning these things on Proverbs because I, I had told you guys that I would start um, talking about Proverbs. Um, uh, it seems like every time I even get on in, out in the deer stand and so forth and get to meditating on the Lord, um, I start hearing him speaking to me certain proverbs that get my attention. Um, especially when I was in Missouri uh, with uh, Bruce and Lacey's place up in uh, Memphis, Missouri. Uh, I did a lot of contemplating while I was there. And uh, the Lord really spoke to me about certain things that I want to speak about in the future. Uh, show me some things that happened in the garden and uh, show me some things that that needs to happen in our garden uh, with Adam and Eve and uh, and the parallels that we're living concerning uh, the new day. But I wanna continue though, this thing uh, on Proverbs that I started about a week ago or maybe a week and a half ago. And uh, I ended, I started in Proverbs 1, 1 through 7. And uh, I ended up, ended and uh, on Proverbs 1, 
uh, and I ended on the verse seven, which I will I will read. I don't know if you guys remember those that were that watch. It said, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction." And I ended on that one. And the next phase of Proverbs, um, Proverbs one eight through nineteen, uh, I want to read it, and then I just want to give a couple of notes uh, and revelations that I've learned uh, concerning what Solomon wrote. And I want to just, I want to read this to us because, you know, sometimes uh, it's not always good to just, ex just start quoting the scripture. I sometimes like to read it straight from the Bible. Uh, a lot of people, of course, they, they've, I think they've taken polls before. They say 92% of Christians do not read the Bible. They may listen to people speak, but they do not read the Bible. And I think it's uh, in imperative that we start reading it because this is literally God's word that can actually save our life. And so Proverbs uh, 1, 8 through 19, I'm going to read, and then we're going to share a little bit. I'm going to share a little bit of what I've learned from this. Now, I will tell you, this is not the whole truth of what Proverbs uh, 8 through 19 um, uh, is saying. I'm giving you my part uh, because we all, the Bible says that we all see in part and we hear in part. And I'm going to, I'm going to give you the part, uh, that I have learned, not just through reading the Bible, but I've also read the Proverbs and I've tried to walk it. And I've been, I've, I've found myself walking in a proverb and then go back to the Bible and find out what I'm walking in. And I have, we've all been at this state in this area of Proverbs. And I want to read it because this, what will happen, what he's about to share with us is going to happen at least once in our life uh, if we're following the Lord. Uh, if you're not following the Lord, it's not going to matter because the enemy's not going to really want to mess with you. It's when you're following the Lord is when you get a lot of, uh, kind of a lot of temptations uh, a lot of accusations, persecution. I mean, one of the greatest fruits that we could have is not miracle signs and wonders in following God. Uh, one of the greatest fruits of really following the Lord, a true follower, is a guy or a woman that has major persecution going on in their lives because they're they're standing for the truth, and uh, that's a that's a wonder, and it's a sign and a wonder for the person to keep walking with the Lord when there's such a big crowd that is actually accusing them. Kind of sounds a little bit like the Lord, doesn't it? Because everywhere he went, uh, the major sign and wonder that followed him was persecution, rejection, and accusation. But the more that they did this to him, the more the enemy struck him on his back spiritually by uh, accusations. If you kind of watch the parallel of his life, the greater the authority uh, he Jesus grew in. And because he would resist the devil and he would draw near to his father when these things would go on. So let's, uh, let's read a little bit about this. Rome, uh, Proverbs 1, 8 through 19 says, my, my son, hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother. For they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait to shed blood. Let us lurk secretly for innocent 
innocent uh, without cause, let us swallow them alive like Sheol and whole, like those who go down to the pit. I'm going to stop right there for a moment. And if you'll notice the first part of this, you know, it says, my son, hear the instructions of your father. And then he starts talking about if my son of sinners entice you. So he's basically saying, hey, this is going to happen. It says, my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Now he calls these sinners are people that try to entice you to talk about others. Or these are sinners, uh, it doesn't matter if they're Christians or, or non-Christian, if someone tries to uh, get you to go along with their plans, or if we, uh, I don't know if you've ever found yourself being around a gossip uh, crowd and they start talking about other people, they start talking about a certain per uh, person, those are sinners. Those are people, it doesn't matter if they've given their heart to the Lord or they have not, those are people that are leading, trying to tempt you into uh, going along with the crowd. And I don't know how many of us have probably, probably been tempted to go along with the crowd. Am I right? But we got to remember the first part is that we've got to listen to our father and our mother. And your father and your mother basically is not just someone that birthed you physically. Your father and your mother is God. And we're going to learn a little bit about that as uh, we continue to read. So here, this is a bunch of people he's talking about that uh, come to him. And it says, let us lie and wait to shed blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all kinds of precious possessions. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Now, this, this is a spiritual uh, translation as well uh, concerning this. I don't know how, I'm sure if we all got really uh, how could I say, real with ourselves, how many times have we been enticed with a crowd or a certain group or maybe another person that came to us or came to you and started sharing real real true stuff that were was bad about someone and you take the bait because the enemy's not going to use just false accusation. They're not going to sometimes just make up stuff. It will find real negative truth about someone and then try to feed it to someone else so that they, they can gather, he can gather them along with the crowd. But once we do that, we don't realize we're about to be judged by our own words as well. And if, and it says here, uh, and whole like those who go down the pit. We shall find all kinds of precious possessions. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in, our, cast in your lot among us. Let us all have one purse. And uh, when I, I wanna hit that one thing, precious possessions. We will find precious possessions and fill our house with spoil. Uh, how many times have you gotten in on truth that is, that is true about someone, but it's very negative? And uh, no one's going to that person to try to help. No one's going to that person to try to pick them up. And you found yourself involved in with that crowd. And, and before you know it, you've got this adrenaline going and you actually feel empowered with what is being said. And then you'll find yourself uh, actually saying some evil things that are truthful about this person, but that person is not even uh, yet to be found. They're not even around but you get this adrenaline rush. 
You, have you ever got that to where you you think you're doing the right thing or and, and you feel like you've got such a righteous anger to be upset with this person? And when you start feeling that gratitude that you feel like you're doing your, the right thing, yet you're totally in disillusion, you have this adrenaline that fills your house and you feel like what you're doing is precious. Well, that's what's happening here. They're saying we will find all kinds of precious possessions and fill our houses with spoil. Oh, you'll fill your houses with spoil, all right. Uh, it, it will be literally ruined spoil. Uh, and that's what you feel. And a lot of times when you're, you're going along with the crowd and you feel juiced up with what you're doing because everybody else is doing it, and it is truth, but it's truth slanted with the evil one. It's because the enemy's not going to use something just made up. He's going to use truth in the wrong spirit. He will use truth to kill, steal, and destroy people. And that's the way and, uh, you judge what is being said to you. Real truth from God will always set you free. It says you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. So if someone is coming to you with truth about someone, but it's not to, and it's not setting them free, then it's not coming from the Lord. Uh, and it, it's the enemy using that truth to try to entice you to fill your house with his spoils. And once you fill your house with his spoils, in other words, once you agree with it and your house is filled with his spoils, you become demonic and you don't realize it. And then you, you find yourself being self-righteous and actually think that you're a, a, a messenger of God. Instead, you find you're really a messenger of Satan. And that's what's happening here. So, and he says, we shall fill our full, uh, house with spoil with the spoil, cast in your lot among us, let us all have one purse. In other words, let's all get on the same thing, cast in your lot. In other words, in other words, let your calling go that God has given you and go along with us. And that's what happens. A lot of people don't realize, you know, let me take you for instance. Uh, I had someone uh, just recently, they, and this was a, this was a, this is a true story. Uh, this recently, uh, I had someone with me and they, uh, they were asked not to go on a certain place because it's not their place. And, and, uh, after they had left, you know, they said, well, tomorrow we can still come around to that place, even though it's not their place and we can get here into the, where we are, you know, that's, it's much quieter that way. And I said, well, you'd be trespassing on someone else's place. And that's the, they told us that, that, that they do not own that. And they said, well, that's not that big a deal. We'll just be passing through. I said, well, here's what will happen. If you do take that enticement and you go ahead and do what's against the law, uh, what will happen, you, you, you may feel like you got here quietly and you may end up even getting something because you, you know, you might have, you might shoot something, you might get a deer or whatever, and uh, and and you fulfill your tag. Uh, maybe three months from now, you will lose your business, or you will find yourself in great depression, or you will find yourself losing uh, a, a million point three, but just because uh, you decided to break the spiritual laws of the land and the spiritual laws of trust and truth. 
And they looked at me, you know, very suddenly, <laughs> kind of shocked. And they go, are you kidding me? I go, yes, it's very true. And that is true today. I mean, a lot of us think that the reason we're having problems is a lot of people think they're having problems because, you know, and God should take care of them. And he is, he gives us the spirit. He gives us wisdom to be able to walk in that wisdom so that we will not have to go down these paths of destruction. But yet we override them and say that God has grace for us to be able to do this. Well, no, the grace of God is actually given to us to walk in the truth and to obey the truth. And so a lot of problems come because we trespass on, on someone else's property. In other words, we trespass God's uh, laws and we'll find ourselves breaking them and think that God's going to have you know mercy on us. But really, it's the mercy of God to allow us to be judged that way so that we can get back on the path. It's his rod and his staff that really try to steer us back on the right path and walking in righteousness and listening to our father's voice. So they're asking him to cast in your lot uh, among us. In other words, a lot of people that are enticed this way, they forfeit their calling just because they got into a group and were enticed to get into a group of a bunch of talebearers and accusations. You can lose your lot when uh, you choose to give your lot away and put it in with the accuser. And that's what's basically the accuser saying. Hey, don't follow God. Take your calling and follow me. And uh, that's what's happening here. And so uh, they're asking him to put in his lot. He says, let us all have one purse. My and then it says, my son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path. Well, their feet run to evil. How many, of you how many of you found yourself running to evil once you've taken the bait? That the only, in other words, the only thing you can see is evil. The only thing you find or you're looking for is bad things about people. And when, by the time you t uh, take a bite of this tasty trifle of the enemy, you find yourself seeing nothing but negative things about people. And it's because we took the bait a while back. But if we repent and come back to the Lord, he will have grace on us and put us back on the right path. So he says, my son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot uh, from their path. For their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain, the net is spread in the sight of any bird, but they lie in wait for their own blood. They lurk secretly for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its owners. And so what happens is here, uh, the, the, the root of this, of taking the bait, is that you destroy yourself. And the enemy knows that. If you start on this path of lurking and trying to find secretive, truthful things about people and then sharing it to other folks, because of uh, the spirit that we're that the enemy's got us in, we will find ourselves losing our lives. We will find ourselves losing the very things, the precious things that God had even given us because we've traded the evil kingdom uh, the, for God's kingdom. And uh, you find yourself losing it. God didn't take it away. We just gave it away to the enemy. And we ended up uh, trading it for the kingdom of darkness instead of the kingdom of light. 
So I'm going to read here a couple of notes that I that I wrote concerning this uh, briefly because uh, it's a short uh, little scriptures, but it has a lot in it. But I'm just going to read what I wrote you, if that's okay. <clears throat> the way we overcome the temptation of following the voice of accusers, even in your own head, is to listen to the voice of God, our father and mother of our lives. In other words, whether it be physical people or whether it be a, a voice in your head that starts accusing you, that's the moment, that is the moment God wants to speak to you. That's the moment you can put your ears toward God. Because if you're being tempted to, to listen to whether it's physical voices that are evil or, or talebearers or accusations or, hey, so-and-so said this about me and so-and-so saying that about me. If you start listening to that or if that starts coming into your ears, that means God wants to speak to you at that very moment. So you have to learn to discipline yourself, not to let your flesh want to know what the secret the stuff is and know the secrets of God. See, when, when the enemy starts sharing secrets of people's lives to destroy them to us, that's really the road sign that God wants to share his secrets about that person that they're talking about that will heal them and set them free. Does that make sense? Okay. So, the way we overcome the temptation of following the voice of the accusers is to listen to the voice of God, our true father and mother of our lives. Even some of us may have mothers and fathers that gave us wise instruction at a young age. Uh, we know now, maybe not then, we know now that it was the wisdom of God. Of course, when you get older, uh, as you are, as I am, uh, you find out some of the things your parents told you, you know, a while back, my Lord, if I would have just listened to my parents, you know, or if I would have listened to so-and-so, uh, I, I wouldn't be in this predicament. We find out that that was the wisdom of God. For the fruit of wisdom, of that wisdom that comes from the Father, now watch this, <clears throat> the fruit of that wisdom, or you could say truth, that comes from the Father is peaceable and upright in the face of pressure and evil turmoil. Let me say that again. For the fruit of that wisdom or truth that comes from God is peaceable and upright in the face of pressure and evil turmoil. Remember that. So in other words, when someone or is used by the enemy and they are sharing with you truth that is secretive about a person's life, and they feel like they're being righteous about it, and you feel the turmoil that goes on along with it. You can feel it's not peaceable, and it definitely, there's no freedom. Uh, it, brings, it breeds more turmoil than it does peace, doesn't it? But at that moment, as they are trying to talk to you and impress this pressure upon you, uh, the f first thing that you can do is start listening in your consciousness to what the spirit of wisdom or spirit of truth would want to speak to you. That way, when he does speak, you can be more addicted to listening to him and you speak something peaceable while the turmoil is going on. You look at Jesus, he was the same way. 
you know, he was led like a lamb to slaughter. He did, he did not even open up his mouth. He did open up his mouth at one point when they asked him, who are you? You know, are you the son of God? And and in and, and peace, he said, I am. Uh, it's amazing because there's so much pressure right now uh, to either be somebody. There's so much pressure to expose somebody. There's so much pressure to uh, be up on somebody. There's so much competition. There's religious competition. There's business competition. We live in this type of world that is constantly pressuring us to do everything we can to be on top. But in the kingdom of God, there is peace and joy to be on the bottom. And if you find yourself being on the bottom, you'll find yourself being on the top. But the enemy's always trying to make us, force us to get on the top. If you're on the top of things, man, you've really gotten it. But that's not true. We, what has happened is we've sold our soul to the world. And uh, when we've sold our soul to the world, making us feel like we're on top of things, even in ministry, uh, we don't realize we've lost it. So let's keep, let's re keep reading some of this. In James 3, 17 uh, through 18, the voice, the, the voice of true instruction, if you want to write this down, of course, it'll be on Facebook. The voice of true instruction and wisdom from God is first pure. It's what James uh, 17 and 18 said. Is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and willing to yield. It doesn't push. It's willing to yield. Willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Without hypocrisy. So when you see truth being spoken that's hypocritical, and it's not peaceable, and it's not upright, you know it's coming from the accuser of the brethren. And it's a voice that you don't need to listen to. If you, the, the way I, I sometimes will shut it down is I will say, the first qu the question I'll ask is I'll go, have you talked to this person? Or I will say, let's go talk to them. Or I will say, let's pick up the phone and call them and ask them about this. And that will, ch that will show you if it's from the Lord or not. Heck, I had someone come in uh, I mean, uh, the other day, uh, say that uh, so-and-so, uh, there's someone that has told me I'm the talk of, of uh, this group. And I said, well, the person that called you or told you that is actually being used by the enemy, even though they feel like they're being, you know, uh, forthright in saying that to you, they're actually being used by the enemy more than the ones that are actually talking. So, uh, it's a, the enemy's very sneaky. He's a serpent and he's very sneaky. He knows how to do this stuff. But if we start knowing what the spirit of truth is like and the spirit of wisdom's like, then we can be able to recognize it and, and not go along with these enticements. And that's what Solomon is trying to uh, re, uh, show us here. It's full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So you can understand that he's trying to show us that, hey, just here's the, here's the way you judge it. Are these people using truth that have come to you or is the enemy that is using these people coming to you, is it actually sowing peace or is it sowing division? Is it making you think negative about this person or is it trying to sow peace about this person? Uh, you can 
pretty much nip it right in the bud uh, if you start judging it between God and the enemy, the voice of the accuser. Uh, when one chooses to listen to the instruction of God in the midst of accusation, it works as chains, we read it there, it works as chains around our neck to bind us to righteousness, to sow peace instead of death for not only our accusers, but for those who are being accused. Let me read that again. When one, this is, this is when it's going on in your life. He's saying, you've got to listen to your voice, the voice of your father, listen to the instruction of your father and your mother. And then he goes into this thing. If you're, if you're tempted and enticed by sinners, which are these that are, uh, that try to entice us in our life to go along with the crowd. Uh, I'll read this again. When one chooses, now read, you might want to just put that a star in your head. When one chooses, because there's, I call it a three second window. As soon as someone comes to you with truth that is uh, completely demonic, uh, that doesn't set people free, and it's sown to bring destruction, your flesh wants to rile up and take a bite of it because our flesh loves evil. And we want to really get in there and go, yeah, I felt that same thing. I really had discernment of that person myself. And I just can't believe, did you really find out that man? I knew I was right from God. And, you know, and then you, you start chewing on the spirit of the enemy. All right. But at that moment, you have to choose to shut down your flesh that wants to grab a hold of this stuff and go along with the crowd or go along with the voices and you have to choose to take a moment to listen to God. So when one chooses to listen to the voice, to the instruction of God in the midst of accusations or pressure, it works as chains around our neck to bind us to righteousness, to sow peace instead of death for not only our accusers, but for those who are being accused. God sows peace in the midst of turmoil, which places Satan under our feet and his feet. We must do it for others and we must do it for ourselves as well. Let me, let me expand on that. God sows peace in the midst of turmoil, which places Satan under our feet and his feet. Do it for others including yourself. Who's that sound like? Who was the peace that came in, you know, fleshly form in a man suit? God sowed peace, literally his son, Jesus. He's the prince of peace. He literally in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of the worst time of the earth, uh, demonic, uh, where they were, uh, slaughtering people. They were, they, that was the time with gladiators. That was the time when they were throwing Christians in stadiums and they were, uh, they were devouring or, or putting people in stadiums. Not the Christians came later, but they were, they started to put them just right after Jesus's death. But, uh, they started, they started having stadiums. They had stadiums of, uh, people getting, uh, torn up by lines or they had gladiators fighting. They had, 
slavery. They, they, the Roman government would, was having, you know, slaves that were building roads. And, uh, in the midst of all this, in the midst of the demonic, uh, kingdom of Herod, uh, God looks down amongst all that turmoil while it's going on. My goodness, if there was any kind of pressure that was going on on the earth, he looks down uh, upon the earth and he's, instead of sowing turmoil and accusation and could rightly just smoke the earth, the way he judges it and the way he did judge it is that he sowed his son. He sowed peace in the midst of turmoil. And of course, we all know that when he sowed peace, it puts Satan not only under his feet, his son's feet, but it also puts Satan under our feet uh, so that we could actually be the same way. Now, if God can sow his only begotten son, Mr. Peace himself, in the midst of pressure and accusation, demonic uh, uh, torture and killing, uh, when everybody was devouring one another, if he can sow peace in the midst of devouring and actually come through it and, put, and it puts Satan under his feet and then give us the impartation of his spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, the same spirit that was within Christ is now within us, now it's now the father, just like you're talking here, is now looking for real sons and daughters that will not take the bait of the crowd or the pressure of the enemy to sow demonic secrets, to speak uh, truth that is uh, dividing instead of speaking truth that actually sows peace and, and freedom. He's looking for those that are like his son. He's looking for those that have the same seed, the same nature, and that's us. But I'm telling you, he, as, as Solomon is sitting here, uh, or I say sitting here, he's writing this, he knows it's going to happen not only to some of his sons, he's writing this to his own sons, but he's also looking into the future and actually trying to help other sons and daughters, because he knows this is going to happen. Why? Because it had it happened to him constantly when he was reigning upon the throne. And uh, I'll go back to this first one here. It says, "My son," or you could sit say, "My daughter." Hear the instruction of your father. Don't hear the instruction of the enemy. That's, that's the foundation of this whole thing. Then he goes on and, you know, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Um, the, but well, you got to go back to the first part of this. He's saying, my son, hear the instructions of your father. And, the, and do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains around your neck. And then I wrote down here, you know, the, this whole thing, uh, about James. And then, uh, when he talked about, you know, chains around your neck, I'll read it again. <clears throat> I hope this helps. Yeah. When one chooses to listen to the instruction of God in the midst of accusations or 
everybody's talking, the crowd, when you choose to listen to the voice or the instruction of your father, it acts as chains around your neck to bind us to righteousness, or you could say to God, so that we can sow peace instead of death in the midst of turmoil. So whenever you listen to God in the midst of temptation, it wraps righteousness around your neck to guide you and out of that situation and so that you can be on a higher place with God and be able to sow peace in the midst of turmoil. And when you sow peace in the midst of turmoil or truth, what happens is it binds the enemy's voice to keep his mouth shut and displaces him. Now, how that happens is like what I told you earlier. When someone would come up to me and start talking about another person and I say, well, let's go talk to them. Let's pick up the phone and call them. I'm speaking truth because if, if you, the Bible says, God says that if you have aught against a brother, uh, go to them. So I immediately just start, I speak the truth. And when I speak the truth uh, and I'm sowing peace and I'm sowing uh, truth that can actually set the whole situation free, it starts binding the enemy. And the way you see that is the person, person starts going, uh, uh, oh, I just, oh, well, I don't think we need to call. I don't know if we need to go see him. You know, I'm just saying that's the enemy now being bound in their head. And now they're having to actually see what kind of spirit they're really in. I'm telling you, that's what happens. They have to, they start seeing what kind of spirit they're of. And it's, and that, that type of truth gives them an opportunity to set, allow them to set themselves free from this net that the enemy has put in their head. And then they can repent. We need to do that for not only for ourselves, but we need to do that for one another. Uh, if there's anything, you and I, those that are watching, uh, if there's anything that we deserve is major condemnation uh, from the enemy, uh, from all the sin that we have walked in. Uh, we were born in sin, right? We were born of this in this world in sin, and we have fought sin. Uh, it's, sin has been around us, but you don't see the, the, the Lord condemning you. You see the Lord setting us free. So as, this, as the Lord has set us free in the midst of our sin, in the midst of our turmoil, we should be those vessels of freedom as well for others. So I'll leave you with this. Let God bind, let God be your chain around your neck. Let God be the voice that you're addicted to. Let God be the addiction for the rest of your life to listen to his voice. And when the accusers of the brethren come around in your life or the talebearers or the, the ones that do, I call it chatter, when they start to chatter and they want you agreeing with what they're saying, even if you nod and go, I'm sure you've had this happen. You know when they say something negative about this person and you know it, but what they're saying is true, but you know it's negative and you nod and you agree, you're in. But when you don't agree and you just stand there and don't nod your head, they're watching to see if your head's going to nod. And when it doesn't, it makes a little bit of folks, some ner they're folks nervous. Why? Because 
the enemy is seeing that you're not agreeing with it. I've had that happen. I don't know how many times. Uh, when they, when I've had ministers, I've had uh, friends, I've had uh, had just the other day had had the same thing happen to me, and then they were talking to me over the phone, and I I was just quiet. They were waiting on me to go. Yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from, and I just got quiet, and it and you could hear a pin drop. I just didn't agree. Because I have to, we have to live the way God made us. And your true DNA is to set people free. Your true DNA is to sow peace. Because now you, you no longer live, it's Christ in you live. So you could actually say, uh, it's not, no longer I that live, but it's peace that lives within me. And I choose to listen to that voice. And when you listen to that voice, it binds you as a chain, a necklace, or a chain around your neck to be able to sow peace and truth in the, middle, in the midst of destruction. And that's what Jesus did. He sowed himself on the cross and didn't accuse us. Just him sowing himself bound the enemy. He didn't have to say a word. The nature of of peace that resided in him bound the enemy by giving his life for us. Now we've got to do the same thing. I hope this helps. That's uh, Proverbs uh, Proverbs 1, 8 through 19. The next one, we will do Proverbs uh, 1, 20 through 33. Well, I hope this helps, guys. Have a good night. Uh, grace to you and uh, hope to see you soon wherever you are we're going up to uh, St. Louis uh, this weekend uh, going to speak up there at uh, Gateway Church uh, Greg Morrison and his wife and all that group up there and then uh, next week I will be in Shreveport uh, at our church at uh, Jordan Crossing 318 so if you're near Shreveport or if you're near uh, St. Louis you want to look it up we've got it on our Facebook you want to meet us there, you want to hang out at some of these meetings, uh, come on. I'm sure the Lord's going to do something. And most of the time, it's deliverance of our, own, of our own self and our own religion. All right, guys. Grace, grace to you. Love you.